This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Oh, Joe, this is tiring business. How are you doing? Yeah, I've been, you know, I've been better. It's quite a busy day. I'm trying to rely on SWR Wi-Fi to try and get some signings up, but... Other than that, pretty good. Oh, that's good to know. I, th- I think the energy I've started with is not acceptable. Apologies, everyone. It's been a long day, mostly work-related. None of this transfer deadline day nonsense. That I can take with a pinch of salt, but it's been quite fun in the last 24 hours, watching from afar fans going absolutely beside themselves. Ah, tis the season. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant for this. We have, we've been missing one of these, I think, since since the DJ departure, so... It's nice to see everyone fall apart again on a deadline day. Such a sad evening that was. So in the presser, you were not allowed to talk about transfers. So let's talk about it now, because since the presser was, or since you conducted the presser, signings have been announced. So we know that Marcel, and we're going to go with Lavernier to start with until it's butchered. But let's go with Lavernier, who has signed from Tottenham Hotspur, formerly a Chelsea youth player went all the way through the ranks with them. He's got England under 16 and 17 caps too. Um, he played alongside Phil Foden, Angle Gomez, Jaden Sancho. God, he, he was in a squad that beat Germany under 17s 8-1, Joe. That's insane. Um, but he arrives from Tottenham. Do we know if this is a permanent deal? It is, isn't it? Yes, it's a permanent deal. We've signed him 
he rejected a contract with Tottenham earlier this summer. I think there was he's been held out of Tottenham's youth team game so far this season because they wanted him to sign and he wasn't doing so. And now here he is. He'd been Tyree Simpson. He he did. It was it's weird because he was supposed supposedly Hull a week ago were bring were gonna bring him in as their I think on loan as like a first choice right back and suddenly signed for us. Yeah, you gotta love that M four, right? Well, you know, I certainly rather not play in Hull personally. <laughs> oh, sorry, Hull City fans. I know there's many that listen to this. So there we go. So he's he's not played league football. He he played in Europe for Tottenham a season or two ago against Wolfsburg uh, as, a, as a substitute with the game gone. So he's a bit like Clayton in the sense that he's got a lot of hype. He's got a lot of, of youth experience at a good level, but no senior football to his name. But this is quite an exciting signing, no? Absolutely. If he can step in like Clayton has done, then it'll be a great move all round. He sounds pretty perfect from what I can make out. He seems capable of playing both sides of fullback, I think. Doing a, a brief bit of even football manager research, he was well suited to playing as an inverted wing back, which we know what Lindsay wants. So he's going to be able to step inside and do the Darcy things, whilst also actually understanding how to play as a right back. So that, those bits are all good. He comes with some very high pedigree. He's until this season, whereas I mentioned he's been frozen out by the Tottenham under 21s, he's got a very strong record for them and played in two very highly respected academies. So by all accounts, this should be a great signing. Yeah, and dedicated followers of the Football League trophy will have seen him play at Swindon for Chelsea under-21s back in the Richie Wellens days um, when he came on as a substitute, when Adam May scored a very good goal. And I think that was one of Ballard's last games for the club before he got injured. So, yep, welcome to Swindon. Very happy with that signing. Signing number two is Rashan Hepburn-Murphy. Uh, formerly an Aston Villa youth player who did make appearances for the first team. 12, in fact, in the league, including two in the Premier League, 17 overall. Then he had well, he had some loan spells with Cambridge United and Tramier Rovers. Just before pandemic moved to Derby, kind of stopped things, didn't it? It, was, it wasn't a great time to have a loan spell where there were no games because... Obviously, the football season ended abruptly. He got released by Villa and he ended up in Cyprus with Pathos, where he played 20-odd games in in his first season. And then things have gone pretty quiet there. So what else do we know about Hepburn Murphy? Well, he seems he seems pretty good. He came in through the Villa Academy. I'm, I'm not totally certain, but I think he may well have been in the same academy side as Harry McCurdy, just based on ages and when they would have been there. So they know each other. Um, from what I got from the press release and what people would have seen online, he, he's a guy who can play across the forward line, either side, potentially even as a number 10 and then also a striker. He's, you know, he's, he's a very fast player in that kind of way and has somewhat of an eye for goal. I'm just pulling it up here because when I looked into it, it was it was a notable bit. Yeah, it's a pre-season game, but he once scored seven goals in one match whilst playing for Pathos. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to disrespect separate football like you did Kingston-upon-Hull-based football. I mean, I'm not saying it's... I wasn't... I'd certainly not heard of the team, but arguably I've not heard of Pathos either. So, you know, they, they couldn't be bad. But, you know, you, we play Supermarine every year, for example, and no one scores seven goals in one match. No, but we all go dreaming of it, don't we? Well, you've got to assume that it could happen. And Rue Sean, as, as we'll go over, uh, 
uh, RHN, if you want to abbreviate it, is it's, it's got that in his locker, and I'm sure he'll be able to do that. Or I doubt he'll play away against Gillingham, but very shortly he'll be able to show that on the field for Swindon. Yeah, another player with plenty of international youth pedigree. England caps all the way from under 16s to under 20s, so was really quite a prospect. I've heard rumours that he might be injured, though. Well, he's not. I think he's been out of club for a year, so I'm not totally sure what state he's going to be in. I, I haven't heard the same rumours about an injury. It wasn't brought up whilst I was in the building, but he must have passed some sort of medical, presumably. Yeah, n- nothing too bad, but maybe a little while before we see him. Who knows? Now, hey, they're, they're, they've kept their promise, the club. There's your right back, there's your forward. Are we expecting any more in, or is it based on maybe people leaving? Well, I imagine this goes out after deadline ends. What I've been told, uh, the plan is, and there is a striker on his way to the county ground, uh, travelling north to the county ground, who we are supposedly in for and would sign. I don't know if... It seems like in the last half hour, like the McCurdy deal might have fallen apart. I don't know if this is influenced by that at all, but quite an exciting signing, by all accounts, in, in terms of the striker. And then also I anticipate we're signing a third choice goalkeeper, which would then which doesn't influence Lewis Ward. Okay, so right. So this is fun because this will date horrifically. So people listening to this on Friday morning will be like, God, they are scratching around for information here. But um yeah, the the big rumour was Luke Jeffcott from or Jeffcott from from Plymouth. Um, who's gone off the boil a little bit in League One. So League Two loan, but Orient are after him too. Um, and there's also been rumours of one, Lewis Ward, as you mentioned there, going to Sutton and Cambridge, but third goalkeeper's coming in regardless, which is a bit odd, isn't it? Three goalkeepers? Um, I think you would usually have three goalkeepers, especially when you sort of have two um, start, starting quality ones like we do, although Tuesday night would debate whether or not Lewis Ward was one of those. Um, we've got, we're bringing in a, a younger player, a more development prospect who, you know, we've only got Sol Brin for a year. I, I don't know if this guy would be ready by that point, but you're trying to bring someone through at the same time. So I think three goalkeepers would make sense. And then potentially that guy goes out on loan in January. Or what have you. And that rumour is Connor Bran, the Irish young teenage goalkeeper, isn't it, who uh, plays for Galway? Yes, it is. He's played um, played for Galway. He was on trial with Ipswich last January and has been called up by the Republic of Ireland under-19s. And is also a qualified referee. So, an oh, enterprising wow. young man. There we go. Well done. Good for him. Well, we'll look forward to all the confirmations around about bedtime. Hello. It's midnight, and here's what happened on transfer deadline day. So as we know, Marcel Lavernier and Roshan Hepburn-Murphy were both confirmed as permanent signings. Later, it was announced that Irish goalkeeper Connor Brown had indeed signed on a permanent basis too. Perhaps the big announcement of the day was that of Plymouth Argyle centre-forward Luke Jeffcott, who was signed on a loan basis with a view of making it permanent. But an Easter egg treat at the end of the night was the announcement that Banbury United winger Morgan Roberts had also completed a permanent signing with the town. Lovely stuff. Leaving the club was Lewis Ward, who joined Sutton United for an undisclosed fee after the longest teaser um, in the history of transfer deadlines. 
And as for Harry McCurdy, well, it's half past midnight and Hibs are just announcing Will Fish from Manchester United. So perhaps McCurdy will follow. I think that's about it from me. So we'll discuss him and all the other transfer announcements in the next episode. And there we go. This isn't about transfer talk. This is about a presser. What did you think of Ellis Iandolo singing, first of all, is my question to you, because there was a delay in one of the answers to the questions today, wasn't there? Yeah, I have to assume that Scott that he does it a lot, because Scott Lindsay immediately knew that it was Ellis Iandolo. I think the, the group of us, which was Sean Hodditz today, Johnny Leafield and myself, were trying to figure out who was the one making quite a racket from the next room. Um, I would say possibly don't stick to the day job. But he does have some time off at the moment, so maybe he can maybe he can get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was nice because he couldn't concentrate, could he? <laughs> it was very, very funny. Um, and who could when the dulcet tones of Ellis Iandolo are just in the other room? So let's get going then. The first questions we'll deal with are the ones from the previous games. Tuesday, we lost to Crystal Palace under-21s. He was asked about this and he was generally quite happy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was happy after the game. He... Still is happy. I know a lot of people have been somewhat miffed by his comments after the game, but I think we 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 should have won that game fairly comfortably. He's hit the post three times. Have you know you dominate the ball? Tari Shade has. I mean, I've not seen all of the games in his life, but what I'm going to go ahead and assume is the game of his life. And you know, <laughs> we were we were we were we were pretty good for about an hour. The the more senior players then got subbed off at that point to preserve them for the weekend, which would have always been the plan and maybe they get undone a little bit from that point of a little bit of naivete from the players who were then on the pitch. But, you know, it, it was a fairly pleasing performance. The EFL trophy is never about winning because who cares? And just overall a bit disappointing, but the performance is good. It shows the way that Swind are going and then it's just about adding those victories. Yeah, and I was really enthused by a few of those youth players coming on off the bench thought they really you know sometimes I don't want to sound harsh but sometimes the younger ones come on and they they go through the motions and they run up and down they're enthusiastic they do their best but I thought all the ones that came on before the 80th minute and Abu Kanu who started all made really good account of themselves yeah I don't think anyone looked particularly far off it Abu Kanu was always in the right areas I felt he was maybe a bit short at this point to really be a target man like he might have been playing as but he did well I like the look of Tom Wynn Davis I don't think I've seen him play before but he looked very bright and then it was a very strong performance from Harrison Minturn Calmedo and Dwarzak did pretty well so a pretty good outing for the youngsters really absolutely so what are they doing or what have they been doing since that game what's been the 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 daily plan well, it's it's similar to how they've managed previous midweek games although most of the first team squad wouldn't have been directly preparing for Crystal Palace games. They would have had a different session on Tuesday, I would presume. But they they all had the day off yesterday, rest and relaxation, um, ahead of being back in the building today and working on Gillingham and their and their different their frets. And then they'll be travelling up tomorrow once again, training in the area in somewhere in Kent. We weren't told specifically where this time like we were Preston before but um and they'll be doing that and staying overnight and then going into the game on Saturday so the plan stays pretty much the same that's good to know so Ginningham 
Well, Ginningham, they too have one win in six league games, but their glass is very much half empty because they've lost the majority of their games as opposed to Swindon drawing um, some of those others. So they beat Rochdale also and kept a clean sheet, but they've lost to AFC Wimbledon, Tramier, Harrogate and Carlisle this season, and they've drawn with Walsall. So things are a little bit grisly there, but, you know, they're not doomed by any stretch of the imagination. They are managed by Neil Harris. We know all about him. They've done the same as everyone else has done. They've brought in some relatively known lower leaguers like Sean Williams from Portsmouth, uh, Scott Cashkett's come in, Che Alexander, all players that kick around League One and League Two. It just hasn't moulded that well for them. Um, this is quite a personal one for Scott Lindsay, considering he is a resident of Kent. Yeah, this um, Rochdale Victors club, as I think Swindon and Gillingham are at this point, um, is, is a bit of a clash for Lindsay as well as it is somewhat of a derby, but slightly a debatable one, certainly on our end. He's, his dad played for Gillingham, he played for Gillingham, he coached at Gillingham, he, until a few months ago, lived in Gillingham still. Um, so it's, it's very much a, a team close to his close to his heart, but he's assured us that he's going to be setting that to one side once once we get going, and he's very much going to be looked to bring misery to his to his fellow Kentish men. I was in a, a conversation back in the summer when he was appointed, and I remember somebody saying something sort of in a bid to try and reassure, like, the, the guy, he's committed, he's moving in order to sort of really get stuck into this. And then during the press, it was... It was said that he'd moved to Sittingbourne, which is still in Kent. So I was like, oh, I thought he was like moving to Oxfordshire at least or something, you know, but that did make me laugh. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hugely personal game for him. So, of course, he'll be very motivated by it. What's, what's the situation when we're going to park Ellis Iandolo's injury to the side? Because we did learn some injury issues um, before or well, after the game against Crystal Palace under-21s, namely Adeloy. And we've also had an update for Massey too. What have we got? Yeah, Massey and Adeloy were the ones that I think people couldn't quite work out why they weren't on the team sheet. I was told before that game but by asking that Adeloy had a bit of a fine knock and that was that was why he wasn't involved. And then afterwards, uh, Scott Lindsay confirmed that. But the tone in his voice when he said it made... Because he sort of paused in between fine and knock for a bit, of a bit of a while, which made me think, I think Adeloy's actually got an injury here, a proper one. And we learned that today because he's going to be out for a few weeks now, because he's, um, I think he said it was a pull. I forget the specific terminology, but I believe that was what was said. Grade two tear. That's the one. That's even worse. Yeah. Um, yes, it's six to eight weeks, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's we, we, we were talking so much on Monday about it being a big week for him, and it's turned out to be an e- uh, even worse one than we could have imagined, Rich. Yeah, absolutely destroyed our predictions. <laughs> <laughs> you went for a hat-trick, I went for a brace. And both got went for wins, and my goodness, yeah, a hugely disappointing moment for him. And it's not a great, I mean, never a great time to get injured, but there were 90 minutes there for him, and it, it didn't happen, and it's, it's a great shame. But does does the injury, or did the injury change the transfer situation with Adeloy? Because obviously he's out. Did that change any of their plans? Well, we've talked about this before in terms of McCurdy, and I know people, people like their quick manoeuvres to address short-term issues but once again this this isn't going to impact what what the club are doing transfer-wise they knew what they wanted in uh we know already of one forward i've been fairly reliably told of another one 
So we we're likely, you know, this this wasn't going to change anything pretty much ever. Um, they're just going to have to be about a person who already wasn't actually playing. So I, I don't know for the time being how big of a loss it was. It's it's really bad timing for Tommy Andaloy, as you say, because before these guys come in the door, these new forwards, he had you know one big shot to show that he was very mu- very much worthy of being in contention. He had to miss that, and he's going to have to miss an awful lot longer. But this this won't result in them bringing in an extra striker because then down the road you just have a bit of a packed squad. And Lindsay spoke even in this presser about the squad possibly being a touch big, which would remove a couple of the younger players out anyway. Yeah, there'll be loan deals plenty, as you've said many a time in the last week or so. Loan moves to non-league, they're good past you know this this September first deadline for the EFL. So I'm sure we'll see a fair few go out back to the Ginningham game then and move away the emotions and the, the, the links that Scott Lindsay has. What what did he have to say about this current Ginningham side? Because he did change his terminology a little bit for this one. Yeah, I was going to say this is probably the least effusive Scott Lindsay has been about any uh, opposition side so far. He, he was willing to acknowledge their slow start to the season, which I don't think he even did for Rochdale, um, which, which says something. But they've it's pretty plain to see they've not had the start they would have wanted, especially with a manager like Neil Harris. They are, you know, they're a. They're very, I've, I've watched Gillingham play already this season. They are a very physical side, and they're probably about as league two as it goes in that direction. But you know, they they are going to be strong defensively. You talked a lot about Swindon having to be patient, pick their moments, and be inventive on the ball. You know, we've we've already had our, our quote unquote issues with being. Um, being brave enough in possession, and that's definitely going to come into things on Saturday because they are going to be a side who sit in and try and break very quickly in a sort of an air raid style, as is as is the way they're set up. With uh, he didn't mention Mikel Mandron, but that's that's the striker who, if you may remember from the League One season, did his best to keep Swindon up in that Swindon Crew game where he missed countless chances. So. If he could do that again, that would be quite nice. It really would be. When was the last time we won at Ginningham? Oof, I can't say. I, I feel like we haven't played them in a while because I was in Kent for three years and we only played them once and that was whilst it was COVID. We've had them on and off over the years, haven't we? Our rise up the leagues sort of meant that we drifted away. Um, in the 2000s, or this side of the 21st century of the millennia, uh, we've played them... Nine times away from home, and I'll tell you now we haven't won any of them. Um, the last time we we won away in Ginningham was December twenty seventh, nineteen eighty six. Oh Lord, how does that make you feel? So it's ten about ten attempts. Some will go. Oh, Steve White playoffs eighty seven. That was a neutral venue. Neutral venue. So last time we went to uh, last time we went to Ginningham. And one, it was back in 19, the latter stages of 1986. Something tells me that you weren't even a glint in your father's eye. I was, um, what, negative 14 at that point? Oh, shut your mouth. (laughs) 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 No. God, I'm getting too old for this. Okay, well, there we go. Sure, Chris Kamara played that game. Right, so we've got to to beat this slot then, haven't we? We've got to end that run. We're usually quite good against them at home, but away is a little bit of a bogey ground if such a thing exists. 
we're going to do it though, aren't we? This is the one. Well, you like to hope so. You talked about that record. The last time we played them away from home, Taylor Curran started. And I remember because I'd only just bought the iFollow pass at the time and cursed the £10 I just had to spend. But um, yeah, I think this is a team we've got to have to, we're going to have to beat. I think when you think stylistically, Gillingham will prob- possibly fancy their chances with that, that bit, those big physical presences that they have. They love to get the ball into the middle early. And and they'll they'll play that way, but I think Swindon have got to be thinking this is a side low on confidence, who sim- also don't know how to get a result a bit like us. So it's a perfect chance for them to get on the field, show their technical qualities, and ha- hopefully carve through them and get a get a strong win because we've been talking all week about developing that that winning mentality that possibly is lacked so far despite the performances. I'm going two one. I'm going to say. 1-0 Swindon. Oh, that'll do. The Derby nature of this game is never going to go away. As you said, it's more from the Ginningham side. And Scott Lindsay kind of went down that road because I think I got the impression when the question was asked, it was a little bit, <laughs> for some reason, this is a Derby. But Scott Lindsay was like, well, hang on, no. Yeah, he's obviously knows it best from the Gillingham end. And I'll say he said some slightly different things after after we were off, off, off the record about... Um, about his feelings around the derby, but he did say that you know, obviously living there, and he would be going back and in Tesco's and such, uh, wearing his Swindon tracksuits, and he would get a little bit of um, jovial abuse from some of the locals who were Gillingham fans. So there is clearly that feeling from Gillingham that Swindon are a rival. Obviously, that's largely dictated by the lack of professional clubs within Kent, with Maidstone being the only other real viable rival for them and they haven't been in the same league for quite some time so there is, there is that bit of rivalry and I'm sure the fact that we'll be away for the game their fans will be inc- increasingly up for it but you know he, he, he there is that fence that he didn't really get it and is quite a quite a long-winded answer for why Swindon and Gillingham have any sort of animosity at all he's been approached in the supermarket hasn't he yes he's um he was talking anecdotal evidence about him being him out for the shop and some people making some comments about his Swindon Town tracksuits and stuff. So uh, clearly, clearly, it's it's not uh, uh, it's it's not water under the bridge for Gillingham fans quite yet. No, forty years on, come on, lads, get over it. Okay, um, the question was asked about the disruption of transfer deadline transfer deadline day and. Preparing for a league game, but he kind of brushed that to the side, didn't he? Yeah, I think this was just about trying to fit in a, a, tra- a transfers question uh, around <laughs> in a press conference where the specific brief was uh, those questions have been asked and answered already. Um, just wait, just wait for it to be announced, guys. But yeah, they, there's there's not going to be any disruption there. They're training as they normally would be. Players are coming in. I I think the question was asked about the availability of new signings because of the wet deadline being on a Thursday you have to register them before tomorrow uh, at midday so they'll all be comfortably in for then any new signings but it's it's the same for both sides Gillingham he said that Gillingham he thinks are in for a centre-back today I don't know if they've got that over the line yet but they'll have a similar sort of waiting to get new players in but you're still training we're still it doesn't influence the plans of traveling to the game because everyone will be here and fine to travel on on the Friday and we'll train as normal so no disruption there. Cool shall we listen to your questions? Let's hear them. Okay 
So um, you and Darcy spoke after Tuesday night about having to create that sort of winning mentality, not playing games and not winning when you play that well. Is there anything you can really do about that or is it just really letting the dominoes fall? Oh, I think, listen, I think within the games that we've drawn, we've had plenty of chances to win. I think it was clear to see the other night, we lose the game 2-0, we've had plenty of chances to win. We had, I don't know, three times it hit the, hit the post. You know, we've, we've, in my opinion, we've, we've uh, created plenty of chances to win that game, but we haven't for whatever reason. Sometimes you just need a little bit of luck in front of goal for it to drop the other side of the post and go in. It didn't, and it hasn't, and you know, we just have to, we have to kick on and keep working hard and keep believing in the way we're playing. Uh, I think I'd be more worried if we wasn't getting them chances and we wasn't kind of, you know, being dominant with the ball like we have been. If we wasn't playing. Uh, the fluent football that we have and at the moment I'm, I'm really pleased with how things are going. I, I have seen Julian already this season when they played Wimbledon, I'm sure you've done a lot more analysis, but my main takeaway was that they're really eager to get the ball into the box quickly. How do you try and defend against any of that? Does it change your team selection maybe with defenders? No, not at all. Um, we, we have a way of playing. We don't change because of what the opposition do. Um, my defenders are fully equipped to deal with balls in the box. Um, and you know, and we will we will deal with that. It's no, they're no different from any other League Two team. You know, you saw last week against um, a good, strong Stockport team. They put balls in the box. We have to be able to deal with it. Um, and you know, of course, Stockport put a ball in the box in in the 84th, 85th minute, and we didn't deal with it, and we got punished. And that that can happen. But you know, I'm 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 fully aware of of what Gillingham's strengths are. You know, I'm fully aware of what everybody's strengths are in this league. And, 99.9% of the time, teams you play against will put balls in the box. We've got to be able to deal with them. So there we go then. So what what were you going for for these? Well, it's it was just the really big theme of Tuesday night. Was I, I, I could feel genuine hurt a bit from Roland Darcy when he was speaking after the game. I don't know if people have listened to his BBC Wiltshire where you can actually hear the audio, but he was, he was genuinely really frustrated with the way that Swindon can't seem to grind these things out at the moment and Lindsay spoke about himself he was ha- much happier by performance standards but there is that belief that you need to get that winning that winning mentality into them so I was just wondering if you know is it just a, a matter of waiting for your luck to turn or can can he try and get are there things that Lindsay can do to try and get Swindon ready to go but it is it's very much just you know you keep you could keep putting the ball on a tee and hopefully eventually we hit it properly. Yeah, and then the other one, the other question you had there, well, he has faith in his players, doesn't he? Yeah, you have to have faith in the players and it wasn't it wasn't even a, a jibe or anything. I, I have confidence in players like Angus McDonald. Tom Clayton is the one that you maybe suspect um, would be a bit of a target because he's physically a bit smaller and hasn't, and as we spoke about ahead of Stockport, hasn't maybe played these big these big centre forwards before in these long ball direct sides, but uh, he he has all confidence that it's all it's mostly going to be about what can we do to hurt Gillingham, and then at the back we should be able to handle their out of their answers, and the work will be done to make sure that we know what they're going to do and we can stop it. Yeah, cool. Well, we were welcomed, or we welcomed a player to the presser for this one. It was Romeo Hutton, and it was a real quick fire. Q and A, Q&A, wasn't it? Yeah, I think everyone wanted to be in and out a little bit because we we were all on the on the transfers beat a bit today, and uh, obviously Romeo Hutton isn't going to know very much about that. But he was 
he was very nice, shook, shook us all by the hand, was up for a bit of a joke afterwards as well. So, yeah, it was, it was very nice to see Romeo and uh, a few quick questions to him. I don't think Johnny even wanted to ask any, but uh, it was it was your, your classic footballer's press conference, really, I suppose. It really was, and we'll blast through it because he was asked about the last two games against Stockport and Crystal Palace under-21s. Yeah, he was asked a bit about changing positions and he, I think slightly surprisingly, said that he, he prefers to play possibly as a right winger more than a right wing back. I think many people who have been forced to play that position in Sunday League will probably relate to that one, that they would rather play further forwards. But he's he's that dynamic attacker who... No, he wants to get on the ball, wants to run forwards, and maybe is slightly less defensively concerned. So, which is which would explain as to why Scott Lindsay um, felt that he was more of a, a wing back stroke winger than a right back stroke wing back. So that would that would play into that. But he was, you know, he he enjoyed the in both the chance to play against Stockport in that role and also um, as a wing back against Crystal Palace, where once again his barreling runs down the right touchline were. Very impressive to me. He was talking more about the performances. He he felt like, as everyone has said, that we we played really well and maybe just you know you get caught out at the end of Stockport. You you've been unfortunate against Crystal Palace and it hasn't quite happened. But there there are these these pleasing signs in there that make you think that that this team is it's it's just close to taking off. Yeah, he was asked about the fact that he wasn't starting at the moment, and I really liked his response to this. You know, he, I think he said something along the lines of, "He knew it would be difficult when he came in. He he, he didn't assume that he'd be in the eleven. And I, I I kind of like generally his responses to most of the questions he was asked. Yeah, I think he was he was very impressive to speak to. Actually, it was if we got him on a different day, maybe this could have been a much longer, more in depth interview. But yeah, he, was, he had the right attitude of wanting to work hard and maybe thinking that he wasn't your typical Swindon player a little bit with, with the way the other guys are, with his more direct nature. But you definitely need that. And he, he feels feels that he is going to be a, a key part of this squad because he has that element to him that maybe some others lack of really just wanting to drive with the ball. But, you know, he's, he's waiting his chance. I'm sure if he gets it on the wing or wherever it comes, wherever Swindon's formation ends up being, that he will you would definitely be able to get in it and, and take it. Yeah, and I, I'm right in saying that you guys don't know which player is coming in until quite close to the time. So Sean Hodgetts was reading out all the, the big hits, really. like So um, um, how you've been playing, um, squad, playing stuff. Oh, yes, long throws. Talk to me about those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, this was probably in the live blog. I believe the, the initial request might have been Tyree Shade, but I think he was he was caught up, so we got Romeo Hutton instead. So, yeah, it was Hodgett's working on a bit of a backpedal there. <laughs> but, yeah, I think with, with Romeo Hutton, it always comes down to long throws. Maybe it's not something that's a, a crucial part of Swindon's game plan, but it is definitely... Um, uh, something that Hutton can provide. It, it provides that different options. Clearly something that he likes, being able to throw into the game because it's something of a chance out of nothing where you wouldn't normally get one. But it is, you know, it's more to some teams' likings than others was, was the sense that I got from his answer. Let's listen to your question to Romeo Hutton. Just on moving around positions, does that make it maybe slightly more difficult for you to settle in here a little bit? Um... With regards to the right back, we moving up and down the right flank as you may have done. So yeah, I mean, I just like to attack. Um, that's my main thing. 
Um, obviously, I, do, I can defend and I want to defend and help the team, uh, but I'm more of a direct player, um, which I know might not suit the way that Swindon play at times, uh, but that's, as I said, that's why I come here to develop uh, like a plan A, a plan B, a plan C of what I can do, and hopefully that would just help me move up the levels quicker. I like how you started your question by uh, by needing a, a moment to come up with a question. So, well, I was I was just I was genuinely just trying to write up, but I was also thinking what I'm actually going to ask him because the, the, the obvious questions have kind of gone, and I did I didn't know it was going to be Romeo Hutton, so I didn't think anything specific to him. I, I had images of um of that scene in the office when uh, David Brent is trying to delay, trying to act cool by delay by picking up the phone and then just putting it back down again. Well, there's the, <laughs> then go shoot. The other pull back, back behind the curtain. The thing I really like about Scott Lindsay, and it's possibly why I'm defending, is he speaks quite slowly and quite calmly. So I'm when I'm frantically typing it down, I can get most of what he's saying whilst he's saying it. When the players come in, and it was definitely a thing with Tom Clayton last week and Romeo Hutton today, they speak a lot faster because I, Ooh, yes. they aren't necessarily thinking the same. So I'm I'm desperately I was sort of a question or two behind, whilst I'm trying to get it out on the live blog. So I'm trying to do trying to listen to what he's saying, trying to type it down, and also trying to think of a question. So you know, if anyone doesn't know about how journalism works, you had a you had a good lesson from from a bit of a rookie today. And <laughs> moving positions was the question. Yes, well, you know, it was. He's he's played everyone the right flank, I think now because he's played. Right back against Leighton Orient in the second half against Salford. He's played wing back, obviously, a few times and came on on the right wing against Stockport. So it's just about whether he thinks that uh, maybe that that moving about and being being as versatile as he is might have delayed his ability to really get, get, get in and settle into the team was the thing behind the question. And it, this was where he came in with the real answer about not feeling like he isn't necessarily the archetype player that some of the others have been like a, you know, maybe more of a Ronan Darcy is quite, is the exact player when you're looking for sometimes, but he's that something different in the squad. And that's, um, he wants to be able to develop and play, play in different ways. Was He was really good on this. I thought in the way he wants yeah. to, you know, he wants to have the way that he plays, but also get taught by someone like Scott Lindsay about how to do a lot of other things and have other arrows in his in his quiver, and I thought this was actually a really, really impressive answer from him, from a quickly improvised question. Um, yeah, completely he, agree. So, but yeah, he was, he was. It's really interesting to listen to the way that he thinks he can add. He can add to Swindon, and Swindon can really add to him and just develop as as a player all around. Yeah, I was really enthused by by Romeo Hutton. I must say, um, you know, not era defining words, but just very thoughtful, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. I've I've liked Romeo Hutton basically every time I've seen him play, and the way he spoke today definitely was 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 another time I have been very impressed by by the way he's acted, and it's it's clear that he's quite a young player still, but he's he's definitely quite thoughtful, and and he's gonna be and he's gonna be a good player for us definitely. I hope so, and maybe I think the solution for when the players are doing the presses for you is maybe get LSI Underlow to bang out a couple of tunes in the background. So, you know, delays matters and um, you get to type up your notes. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be in touch with Ellis and see, see if he doesn't mind doing that in future weeks. And when he does do the presser, maybe he can uh, give us a, a song or two. Yeah, I'll, ju- I'll just, first question would be, Ellis, do you mind doing a quick rendition of XYZ? And then whilst, whilst he's busy doing that, I can I can catch up. 
Joe, you've been a big sport for this because I've been terrible throughout this episode. So good for you for <laughs> keeping keeping going while I am talking absolute nonsense. Um, Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of The Presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 